With spring and summer right around the corner, there is a good chance that if you were newly engaged around the holidays or the new year, that you're getting ready to start planning your engagement portraits. So at this point, you're ready, you're excited, and you're completely nervous about getting your dream engagement portraits taken because you've only been engaged for a short season and no matter how hard you search, there isn't some easy, all-inclusive guide about how to really rock your engagement portraits. Or you have little questions like, what if you're shy or awkward in front of the camera? Or what if the weather isn't perfect? Or what if you can't find the right outfits? So much to decide, and there can be a lot of pressure writing on these portraits. They might be featured on your save the date cards or your wedding website that you're hoping to get together soon. So in this episode, I'm going to explain how to set a vision for your engagement portraits, things to avoid or navigate toward, and little things you can do to give yourself a better portrait experience and end up with higher quality portraits themselves. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Weddings in Life with Taylor Nicole, a podcast created to give advice and inspiration for anyone planning a wedding from a seasoned wedding photographer's perspective. I believe that wedding planning doesn't only have to be stressful and that it can actually be fun. In each episode, I will address topics from my professional and personal experience, and I'm excited to share my life with you along the way. My heart behind this podcast is that you leave encouraged and inspired. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to another podcast episode. So first of all, I am not completely sure what was up with my voice in the intro, so sorry if that was annoying. I feel fine. I just feel like it sounded weird, but it also, that was like the second time I recorded it, so I decided to just call it good. One thing I'm trying to do better at the podcast this year is just trying to take these in one take and just get them out there because, you know, done is better than perfect and you can hear the thought no matter how many times I messed up and try to re-record it, so let's just try to get it right the first time. <laughs> So I have been thinking about engagement sessions a lot lately as I'm planning them with my new 2023 and 2024 wedding clients who have recently booked. Holidays are a really popular time to get engaged and so now we're starting to look forward into spring, summer, heck, even fall engagement sessions. You might not plan them out quite that soon, but we're looking at details like locations and timing, weather backup plans, outfits, and Honestly, it can all be a little overwhelming, even from my perspective, and I'm just trying to help people plan. <laughs> so I hope that your photographer is providing just great information to help you while you're planning your session. If I'm your photographer, I hope that you think I'm providing great information for your session. <laughs> I really try. I try really hard for that. Um, but these are a list of bonus tips that might help you simplify your vision or show up more prepared to take your best portraits on your engagement session day. Also, side note, to preface anything on this list, we are assuming that you have already found your wedding and engagement photographer. Yes, it is very helpful if you use the same photographer for both your engagement and wedding when possible. 
it really helps you build the trust up with your photographer. And like we discussed in the last episode, trusting your photographer gives them the creative freedom that they need to do their best on your portraits. So an engagement session is just such a perfect way to meet your photographer, know how they talk, communicate, how they work, that you have fun together and just really like be excited to work with them again on your wedding day. So we're also assuming that you love your photographer's style and their artwork. Those are, those are the things we're starting with. Okay, so with all of that being said, let's just dive right into the list. So first, this is like early on as you're thinking about your engagement portraits, it is helpful to define your vision for your engagement session. Without a vision for your portraits between Pinterest, social media videos, and seeing what other friends' portraits have looked like, you might not really know where to begin for choosing outfits or locations. So think about you and your partner and your dream engagement portraits. Let yourself daydream for a bit and see what you can start to envision. And then I also thought of a helpful formula for planning your engagement session vision. So here's the formula itself style word or words plus location plus engagement. So it's really silly to say, um, and it's simple, but it came to my mind when I started outlining this, um, because this is actually the formula I think in my head when I try to like title my blog posts about engagement sessions and things like that. So here's a little list of style words to choose from, and you can always add to this list too. These are just starter ideas. So a style word might be elegant, classic, romantic, classy, whimsical, fun, joyful, carefree, timeless, ethereal, editorial, or adventurous. Now I had to stick to a list that I could personally relate to and imagine using. You could technically say words like grunge, punk, funky, trendy. Those just aren't style words that my photography style works well with. So you know, I'm probably not going to be the photographer out there photographing a grunge wedding or grunge engagement at a gas station because my style of being light and airy doesn't really go with that very well. <laughs> um, but anyways, those are just an idea of style words. I bet you can find more if you search. <clears throat> so back to the formula, you choose one or two style words and then pair that with your location idea, probably just a general location. You don't need like I mean, I guess if you knew the specific engagement session location, you could, um, and then you add engagement. So here are some examples of an engagement portrait vision, an elegant, romantic mountainside engagement, or a classy and timeless downtown engagement. Next example, I have four total. So this is number three, <laughs> an elegant ethereal studio engagement or a joyful and carefree mountain engagement. So I hope, those, I hope those help you start to brainstorm. Essentially, you're creating a vision statement for your engagement session. I probably already said that, but what you do next is you run every decision for your engagement session by that vision statement. Like, do you want your session on top of a parking garage or on a mountainside? Well, how does that relate to my vision statement words of elegant and romantic? Not saying a parking garage is not elegant. Ooh, I'm going to pause here and clear my voice. Apparently it wants to sound funny. Just a second. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm back. I'm hoping that I can keep my voice normal for the rest of this, but if not, there could be more breaks or I'll try to edit them out. But what you might notice is that there is never a completely wrong answer to your vision statement. And it, you're actually, your vision statement might evolve as you keep planning and thinking about your session. But I hope that you could see that might help you filter through your outfit decisions and more. If you're going for timeless portraits, you probably don't want to style yourselves in the very latest trends and maybe take a more formal and classic tire, attire, well, not tire, classic attire route. So everyone's opinions of what fits within your vision statement will differ, but hopefully it just gives you a good starting board. And honestly, you know, typing in classy downtown engagement to Pinterest might get you more results than just downtown engagement. It might help you filter down by emotions too. So hopefully that's a fun place to start and it really helps you feel like in charge of your engagement portraits and what you want the end outcome to be. Okay, and number two on the list, when it comes to selecting your outfits, lean toward timeless and neutral based attire choices instead of overly colorful or trendy. Now, this is completely an opinion. I am a bright, classic, and timeless style photographer, so I'm going to lean in this direction always if you give me any set of choices. So if you have a dark and moody photographer booked and you're wanting to go for like just really dark clothing in a really moody environment, then totally go that way. It's your style and coming across as yourselves is so important. So anyways, back to it. <laughs> My main goal for engagement portraits is that nothing in the photo detracts from you, the subject. That doesn't mean that you don't want a mix of close-ups and faraway images that show your environment and tell the story, but we want you to have a balance of fitting in with your environment and at the end of it all, getting images for you that you guys can just love forever. So I guess, we want you to like stylistically match and like work with your environment, but also stand out. It's a hard thing to word. I've tried it several ways. So your engagement portraits can actually give a small hint of your wedding day style, vision, or aesthetic. So I'm the sort of person that loves a good reason to dress up. So I look at engagement portraits from the angle of you could choose to represent the formality of the wedding dress code. And it's not required or there's no unspoken rule. No one's going to look at your engagement portraits and be like, oh, they wore jeans, so I should wear jeans to their wedding. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> you could throw a black tie wedding and still have engagement portraits in flannels. But something about showing up to your engagement ses session dressed to your best can really set your photos apart. Also, usually we tend to, make, to pay more attention to how our clothing fits and how it falls on us when it's more of a statement piece or a higher investment. So going the formal route probably leads overall just to better fitting clothing, which can also really help. <laughs> Most photographers, myself included, suggest bringing two outfits to an engagement session. I recommend couples start in the more casual outfit, it gives you a chance to just warm up and then you change into the formal. And like I said, this allows for a lot of movement to get over any initial awkward feelings in front of the camera and you kind of get those through in the casual outfit. And then by the time you change into your more formal outfit, you feel like absolute models and you're so ready to go. Now let's talk about neutrals. I love color and I love patterns. In fact, I love almost all colors except for neons. 
And side note, but if you've asked me, Taylor, what's the one thing I should avoid at all costs for my engagement portraits? I wouldn't even hesitate. And I would just say, just don't wear neon colors. Everything else is fine, but neons are not fine. They are not forgiving in photos and it doesn't turn out well. I'm sure I mentioned this before on a previous podcast, but basically anytime light hits a neon color, it creates a color cast and usually engagement portraits are taken in a sunny environment and the sun hits the neon and it pops that color right back up onto your neck and bottom of your face. And so whether it's neon green, neon yellow, orange, you can imagine how that'd be a nightmare. Anyways, that was not even in my outline. Just had to warn you, don't wear neons for your engagement portraits. Doesn't go well. <laughs> so I recommend starting with neutral colors, even having one person primarily dressed in neutral colors. First, it's very easy to coordinate a statement or standout color with one person all neutrals and if the other person wears something like pink or blue or anything well blue can be both but <laughs> um, it's a lot easier to put together instead of trying to mix outfits with a really strong green and a really strong pink um, it just doesn't have the same cohesive feel I guess it depends on the outfit but and also in an environment having a mix of white and beige and navy can flow a little bit more naturally in basically any environment city or nature and then neutral colors unlike neons they don't leave a color cast on your skin like i mentioned but instead they actually complement and even even out and enhance every skin tone present so yeah any number of skin tones they're just enhanced by neutral tones neutral clothing and choices so I don't know if anyone can relate, but I thought of a personal example. Um, so if I wear a really bold red or pink, I'm talking like bright red, not neon, but just bright. It really brings out the red tone in my face. I have this like natural slash, I think unnatural, like blush coloring. And I just have a lot of red in my skin tone. So when I wear those colors, I'm like, wow, I look like a tomato or a peach. <laughs> so I personally don't really love that. And that can be more of a, you know, knowing flattering colors for yourself versus like color choice and preference and engagement sessions. But I guess that's just an important thing to say, hopefully. <laughs> so I personally lean toward brighter outfits that helps you stand out from the environment. And I love the fact that white can symbolize a wedding. That's a really fun hint too. And personally, I don't know that many reasons to wear a completely white dress later on in your life so that's another fun reason to wear white as well <laughs> but in certain settings like downtown or urban environments a darker color outfit scheme might work just fine too and then this is a long topic but the last part to cover on this section is to stay away from trends now some of us not necessarily me, have been lucky enough to seamlessly adopt the middle part, the wide-roomed or like the wide-legged pants <laughs> and some of the newer trends out there that maybe I haven't kept, with, kept up with in general. I do like the claw clip. That's one that I'm like, I can get behind that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go back in time. Let's just make an example like this um, because, and you know what, I guess even this example could end up being relevant again today because trends tend to cycle. But I don't know if you guys can, maybe I'm a little older than the average podcast listener, but I can think back to like, gosh, I think like early 2000s, um, couples would get married and they'd have like normal formal wedding attire for that time. 
and then underneath their wedding clothes they'd have like really bright matching converse like i'm talking about like bright reds or purples or blue and sometimes like the groom would have high tops and the bride would have short short converse or things like that so that's like a wedding trend i'm referring to or just a trend in general um, crocs have also been a wedding trend. I haven't seen the groom wearing crocs and anything, but I've seen some brides in crocs and you know, I mean, in general shoes are a semi-safe trend because your dress covers them, but still, um, and I guess we're talking engagement session, not wedding day. Um, but other short lasting trends when it came, when it came to photography in years before what I've noticed, um, one example is, you know, in an engagement session, bringing vintage suitcases and like setting on them at a park to represent your love of travel and life together or headbands like really ornate headbands or headbands that went over the forehead like the bohemian style or scarves i think scarves are in general kind of a fading trend maybe just like the big looped scarves we used to do that was my zipper <laughs> so anyways everything about us like our portraits will eventually age us and we can't be immune to the changing styles or trends completely but i will say for portraits that you're excited about and you want to enjoy longer i'd recommend selecting more class classic clothing options whether that's in color or style i've also toyed around with the idea of consulting like a personal stylist about engagement outfits i think that'd be a really fun way to get great fitting clothing that coordinates together well and i mean you could tell them like i want really classic attire or i want this so i think that could be a neat idea when it comes to choosing outfits so i'm going to end this section again by saying that these are all my opinions and feel free to disagree with me it's totally fine <laughs> okay number three on the list the next step to up-leveling your engagement portraits is to have your hair and makeup professionally styled, having your nails painted or done, and for our grooms out there, for the guys, um, having a relatively fresh haircut, shave, or trim of any facial hair. So part of this is coming from the fact that makeup professionally applied tends to be a bit stronger than everyday makeup, which could be a little scary. You're like, I don't normally wear makeup like that. Why would I wear that for my engagement photos? But yet again, you're probably going to wear makeup like that for your wedding day. But anyways, believe me when I say that something like false eyelashes can really make your eyes pop in portraits. And the simple hack here is to schedule a hair and makeup trial like with your wedding vendors on the same day of your engagement session. But that could also be like really hard to coordinate that timing wise. And then your engagement session, I believe personally, you need to be a little bit flexible just in case there's bad weather or you had to reschedule. Um, so if that doesn't work, um, it's not an idea, a bad idea to just hire hair or makeup applications separately for this either. I know plenty of clients who have just chosen to have one or the other styled. So for clients who choose to go have their makeup applied, they might go somewhere else for their hair, like local dry bars to get a blowout, um, anything like that. So part of getting great portraits is your own confidence. And it really, it plays a role in how you stand and how you interact and how comfortable you can feel while being posed and walking. So I see major shifts in confidence when a client has had her hair or makeup professionally styled for a session, instead of like spending time stressing about doing it themselves. Okay, if you hear a jingle, I think it's my cat running around in the background. It has a little collar on. 
Okay, next one, having nails professionally manicured and or painted is a good idea too, because you will probably be getting some closer detail images of your hands focused around that engagement ring, because it's pretty and you want to show it off. <laughs> and the best way to show off your ring too would be to have a fresh manicure and then probably like doing some sort of a wipe down, a polish, or even having your engagement ring cleaned before the session isn't a bad idea either. I don't think a ton of detail like shows up in the ring. Like I'm not gonna notice like, oh, you haven't had it shined recently, but doesn't hurt. <laughs> and then I can't leave out all our guys. So I recommend getting a haircut or a trim a little bit before the session. I like to leave wiggle room so the haircut has a chance to kind of blend or grow in a little bit. Unless you've like really dialed it in, dialed it in with your barber or hair cutter. I think it's barber for guys. I don't know. <laughs> um, and you know that they'll just have you picture ready the day of the haircut, then that's great. So I know it's probably unconventional here, but I cut my husband's hair myself and I like his hair the most after it's had about a week or so to start softening those hard cut lines and just look less like a fresh haircut and just like his normal hair. This could also be because I am not a hair professional at all. I'm really not very good at cutting his hair. <laughs> um, and then also just thinking about like, do, do you want to shave or trim facial hair? Just being like overall well-groomed is going to increase his confidence for the session too. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's all about feeling your best so you can show up confident and feel like the best version of yourselves in front of the camera for portraits. Okay, next up, four out of five on the list. Um, next up are the small fixes. These are things you can do right now or like right as you're getting out of the car at the engagement session that will completely change your images in a good way. Trust me. Okay, these are gonna come from some rants here. <laughs> um, first, empty your pockets. I'm talking to everyone. I don't care what pockets you have. I am happy that your dress has pockets but nothing needs to be in them. These pockets are dead, no need. So this means not carrying your cell phone, not your car keys, chapstick, anything, because anything in these pocket lines, it's gonna create an outline and it's gonna show up in your image. And there's just nothing good that comes from full pocket outlines in your portrait. Your photographer can carry your car keys, but go ahead and like lock your phones and anything else important somewhere safe in your car and then let your photographer carry the keys. I can't tell you how many times I've been going to edit and I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't see the cell phone in the back pocket or the front pocket and there's a dang cell phone line in the pants, which is horrible. So yeah, empty pockets. That also goes for wedding day. Usually groomsmen are the worst offenders or bridesmaids if they're really excited their dress has pockets and they think they can carry like 45 things, but no, it looks like a lump. <laughs> Um, yeah, empty the pockets. Next up, iron your outfits. So I guess you can't do this while you're getting out of the car. This is a pr in advance, but iron your outfits as needed. I'm speaking from the perspective of having tried to Photoshop out wrinkle lines and images on clothing or in clothing on images. There we go. <laughs> and it's extremely time consuming and it rarely works out perfectly. Usually looks a little wonky. So this is a simple step you can take before your session that will leave you with fresh, clean, and great looking outfits. Also, if your drive to your engagement session is kind of long, like going into the mountains or driving into a different town, 
consider like just driving over there in a comfortable outfit that's casual, not even in your session, and then getting there a little early and changing into your first outfit before your session starts. Okay, next step is to brush, floss, and whiten your teeth. So the whitening is totally optional, but at least a really good brush and floss can go a long way to making sure your smile looks great. Um, so whether that's having a little disposable toothbrush that you can do real quick in the car before you get out or like a little like handheld flosser, um, great idea. The whitening is like, you know, optional. Like I don't really whiten my teeth op often because they get sensitive, but just so you know, your photographer's job is to not whiten your teeth. I think that's a personal hygiene preference choice. Um, yeah, so work on that beforehand. That's kind of like part of wedding day prep or engagement session prep is to make sure that you are happy with the whiteness of your teeth. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like, you know, a lot of times you'll be driving, you might get lunch on the way, show up for your engagement session and oh, like there might be something in your teeth. So it's sometimes hard to catch those little details in person. Just a good idea to make sure that it's caught before you get out. Okay. Next up is to bring a bit of hairspray and to bring a comb or a brush. Flyaway hairs tend to catch the sunlight, and so a little bit of a light hold hairspray and just a simple like wipe down the top, um, it can just catch some of those flyaway hairs. And basically, the flyaway hairs really show up in like a backlit situation. So, like if you have the sun coming from behind the couple, which generally you do in engagement portraits, that sun will just highlight any little hairs that are kind of like up and around. I know I have a lot of little flyaways that hairspray does a great job kind of calming down. And it could really help if it were windy too. Okay, next up is to bring or at least use a lint roller for each outfit. Not just the first one, because then you might get the second one out and realize, oh no. But pet hair tends to multiply depending on the color and it can really stand out quite a bit on your clothing. So a lint brush is a great idea. Also a great idea to have that on the wedding day as usually the suits are like darker colors and can show hair or dust pretty easily too. Okay, and then the last for this little section is get rid of any gum that you're chewing. Yes, it will show. No, you don't really need it for like the next hour or hour and a half of engagement portraits. You'll be okay and you can add it back later. So chew it on the way up, get rid of it, you'll be fine. <laughs> so those are like instant fixes you can do for your engagement session. And then lastly, and still most importantly, relax, have fun, and trust your photographer. I'm starting to convince myself that trusting your photographer might sneak its way into every podcast episode, but I just think it's that worth remembering. So relax, be yourselves, show up confident and ready to have fun, be excited. It's okay to be excited, and it's also okay to be a little bit nervous too, but try to be more excited than nervous if you can, <laughs> because while engagement, session, engagement portraits or sessions, they are important. It's a great thing to have done. Um, it's also just, you know, a great time to meet your photographer, work with them and photos can be a really fun thing. So attempt to have fun there and just celebrate being in love with your fiance and get ready to make some great memories together. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope this episode gave you some fun planning and even tangible advice on how to prepare to up-level your engagement portraits. And if you take a minute to leave a five-star rating or even a simple review, that would mean the world to me. I think you can leave a rating on Spotify and then a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 
Um, and then even more important than the review though, is probably just sharing these episodes with your friends. Um, that's just one of the best ways for new listeners to find the podcast. And you know, we're all in this wedding planning thing together, at least until you have your wedding. And then I guess you're not in the wedding planning game, but (laughs) I will be back in another two weeks with another wedding planning episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast.